Listening to IBGR Network, now known as International Business Growth Radio. We are your profit radio. I'm Wendy Dickinson, your host for today's show, Catalytic Conversations. I'm a business coach who works with owner founders at the intersection of life and business. And listeners, you have a great opportunity to join the IBGR Entrepreneurs Community Network located on our app on the ibgr.network, or you can get the app by going to ibgr.community. Once on the inside, you'll be in your community of commerce where you can connect with other entrepreneurs and interact with our on-air talent. Really guys, this is your opportunity to interact and network with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Come on and grow with us. And I have to say, the app is like having your business solutions in the palm of your hands. Download the app and have solutions to your business issues on demand. We are your business app of choice. And learn more at www.ibgr.app. Guys, this is episode number five in season four. I can't believe that I've had the great honor to introduce to you my guest today, Vince Barano. He's the Vice President of Sales for the Commercial Division of JK Moving Services. And today, I've invited Vince to give us a snapshot of his innovative approaches to building a successful sales team. Vince is also a lifelong learner who is a student of leadership, and this promises to be a valuable hour for picking up new ideas. So go to our website at ibgr.network and download the show notes that Vince and I have written for you. Everybody, I'd like to introduce Vince Barano. Welcome, Vince. Hi, Wendy. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm so excited to be here today. Well, I am thrilled that you're here, and I want to give a big shout out to Mick Weinhold of Schooly Mitchell for introducing me to you. I so appreciate that introduction, Mick. So, Vince, I'd like to share a bit of your bio with the listeners. So let's do that first. Guys, Vince is currently the Vice President of Sales for the Commercial Division of JK Moving Services. He's held this position for more than six years and leads a team of 20 people. He focuses on the personal and professional development of his team to ensure consistent achievement of both individual and company goals. Vince is an avid reader and strongly believes in continuous learning and leadership development. Vince has been in sales and sales management for nearly 30 years with experience selling both products and services to businesses and the government. He's held leadership positions with RICO USA, ICON, and OCE. Originally from the New York area, he moved to Virginia with his wife Elizabeth and son Michael about 23 years ago. 
Vince has a bachelor's in philosophy from the Catholic University of America and an MBA from George, the George Washington University. Welcome, Vince. Thank you. So you're all here listening to this show, ready to learn. A lot of you, like my clients, learn best by doing. Money, you, you spend money, time, and energy listening and looking for the answers to your issues. And I'm always happy to learn from someone else's examples, which is why I invited Vince to join us today. So you have the opportunities today, guys, to answer questions like, should you be the sales manager or when should you hire one? How can you increase sales to drive an increase in profitability and the essentials in leading a successful team? And then lastly, We'd like for you to pick up some specific steps and actions to take to develop your business, your sales team, and your own leadership abilities. So Vince, these are some big topics for owners, and, and these are things that a lot of my clients struggle with. How do you sort of approach sales in general? What brought you to sales? How, do you, how did you get to this place? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, as you said, I have a undergraduate degree in philosophy. And when I graduated, I would back before the internet, I'd sit there at the kitchen table, um, you know, looking through the one ads and my father would comment, um, is anybody hiring any philosophers today? And the answer was generally no, that's not something that's readily available. But I did find some opportunities in sales. And what I learned was that many of the things I had learned in school about um, good writing skills, good communication skills were very applicable in sale. And I very early on saw it as a, as a personal calling. And I was able to transition from just having a job in sales, realizing I wanted to have a career in sales. And that changed my mindset and allowed me to skills. And uh, I've been doing it ever since and have been very happy. Oh, that's a great story. And, you know, I have to tell you that so often um, it, it seems like people approach sales as something that isn't really a viable career, but you've been doing this for almost 30 years. What's the difference? What's the difference between someone like you for whom this is a, a career and, and someone for whom it's just a stepping stone? That's a great question. I, I think what happens is it's got to be, um, what is it, what, what allows you to do what you're best at every day? Mm -hmm. and where you get to use your best skills that you find most enjoyable, you get best the best results on a personal level, not in comparison to anybody else. And that's really the trick with all these things. I've had the opportunity to work and mentor with um, some younger people who never considered originally uh, a career in sales. And then having spent some time with us, they ended up uh, wanting to pursue it and actually did pursue it. And they're very, very happy. It's one of the things I've told a number of young people is in sales, anytime you deserve a raise, you can give it to yourself. You don't have to wait for a merit increase. You go out and sell something else and you can give yourself a raise. And a lot of young people <clears throat> really find that to be an interesting point that they've never considered before. Yeah, I've not heard that before. And I do think that's interesting. And I think it also, in, in a time of so much uncertainty, it gives a person a certain degree of, well, control and, and comfort in that. 
It does. Um, you know, I've always looked at being in sales as being a franchise to a larger company. Um, <clears throat> I personally had not wanted to own my own business, but I enjoyed working for a company where I can carve out and be like a franchisee. And so I'm given a, maybe a sales territory and I've approached it as my own personal business, developing business plans and setting goals for myself. Um, and, and really finding that that had both the elements of being an entrepreneur, right? Going yes. out there and doing it on your own while at the same time, having the support mechanism of an organization. So I wasn't completely on an Island. And for me, it's been a great balance. That's a brilliant strategy. I mean, how did you, how did you decide to treat it that way? What was, what created that mindset? Well, it's interesting when I was first in sales, I treated it like a job, sure. you know, I had to be there at eight o'clock. So at five to eight, I was there. You couldn't leave until five o'clock. So at five o'clock, you know, we all ran to the door. And what happened over time is I got to work for um, another organization and I was really enjoying the work. And it was, I was up in New York in the Hudson River Valley during a time where the economy was not so great. Mm -hmm. My manager at the time made a, a great comment to me. He said, listen, he said, you can either accept the fact <clears throat> that the economy isn't good and you're not going to do well, or you can put your mind to it and, and kind of prove yourself wrong. And I changed my whole approach and I had one of my uh, best years ever in the, in that organization at that time. And it really got me thinking about, um, the career of sales. And so I no longer watched the clock. You know, I wasn't, you know, okay, I have to be there at a certain time. Now I was doing all the things that I should be doing as someone who's running my own business inside this larger organization. I came up with a lot of my own ideas for marketing, um, doing direct mail, you know, cold calling, um, holding myself accountable for results, even though for the most part, my manager only saw me every couple of weeks. And most of that was done by the phone. So um, as I got to be more successful relative to my own success, it really just fueled that desire to keep going and seeing that these things were working. And and, and then you're, so now you're at JK Moving in, in charge of their VP of sales for their commercial division. So how does that mindset um, manifest every day today? Well, I think what I ended up doing, which is, is both a, a blessing and a curse, right? We like people who are like ourselves. Yes, and we do. People, when you're hiring, um, not to hire too many people just like you, you don't have the diversity you need. But I have found that I really look for people who want to be uh, an entrepreneur um, in a larger organization, that they have the mindset that they're not looking for a job, they're looking for a career. And I find that today, particularly with whether you call them millennials or this younger group of people, you know, in their early twenties through their early thirties is they want to work for an organization that's taken interest in them to help them become the person that they uh, want to be. And that's really one of the things about leadership. It's not treating people as they are today. It's treating them as the person they want to become. And, um, it gives me a lot of joy to see people really develop in very quick order over over just a few years and to take a sense of pride that, you know, 
uh, I'm helping them become the person they, they, they really want to become. Oh, Vince, that's fabulous. That's a great place to end and take our break, our first break. You're listening to Catalytic Conversations. It's Wendy Dickinson, your host, with our guest, Vince Verano, the Vice President of Commercial of Sales for the Commercial Division for JK Moving. And while we're on the break, I'd like to encourage you to download that app or go to the ibgr.community and join one of the mentoring groups. You guys have an opportunity to ask your questions, get them answered, and you know, network with other entrepreneurs. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. is our URL, and that's ibgr.network. We provide live and recorded shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week, on what an entrepreneur or small business consultant needs to grow their operation from zero to big. How big? Up to you. IBGR focuses on the 180 million English-speaking small business owners around the world in four major markets, North America, Australia, Oceania, the Indian subcontinent, and United Kingdom, Europe, and Africa. All of these six-hour cycles are delivered in six major themes, strategy, operations, sales, people, ownership, and consulting. The first four tracks, strategy, operations, sales, and people, are the day-to-day tactical issues all entrepreneurs face. The fifth track, ownership, takes the conversation to the next level. How can an owner working in the business make the transition? Do you know why your business is different? Why does it exist? And why do your customers care? If you're not sure, we can help. At Crispin Co., we work closely with you to get to know your business. Together, we'll build a strategy that communicates your brand message to the people who need to know it, your customers. Crispin Co. exists to challenge normal. We're a full-service, creative, design, and media agency. We trade in innovative ideas, creative content, and strategic communication that gets maximum results and return on your marketing investment. Find us at crispand.co or on all the usual socials. Crisp and Co. Innovate. Create. Communicate. Nothing's good that uses bad. This is William Eastman, Managing Partner for GrowthWorks Media and Station Director for IBGR. One of my jobs is finding great on-air talent, consultants and business owners with presence and a story to tell. We're expanding our broadcast team 
to represent our four core time zones, North America, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and the Philippines, the India subcontinent, and the last of four, United Kingdom, Ireland, Europe, and Africa. If you are a small business consultant or business owner and would like to audition for an on-air slot in our six-hour show cycle, contact the station director, and that is at programming at btr.network. We will respond to your email within one business day. Thanks for listening, and don't miss this great opportunity to put the world back to work and grow with us. Thanks. IBGR is our call sign as a radio station, and we are so much more than a radio station. We are a network, and we are your profit radio. I'm your Catalytic Conversations host, Wendy Dickinson, working with business owners at the intersection of life and business. This is episode number five in season four, and today we have special guest Vince Ferrano, Vice President of Sales for the Commercial Division of JK Moving. Vince, we are having such a great conversation. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you. Okay, Vince, I have to tell you that I have a client who's had a lot of challenges around building a sales team. And this is somebody who has a successful company, but he and and one of the other people in the management team, his co-founder, they've primarily been responsible for driving sales. And they're at a point in their growth where they're really at an inflection point. I mean, they'd like to increase their sales by about 40% over the next two years. And while I think it's a very achievable goal, I think he's right to be concerned in that I'm not sure that they're going to achieve that goal with the two co-founders really taking the lead. And so he, they decided they've hired, they decided they needed more salespeople. They've hired three different salespeople, all based on what the skills they thought they wanted and needed. And Vince, none of those people have worked out. Um, in this case, the owner founders are, are continuing to drive the sales and I think they feel like they've been burned and, and maybe that's, they're a little shy of doing that now. Do you see that? I mean, what are your thoughts on that kind of thing? I, I think it's a, a situation that a lot of business owners can find themselves in. Let's be honest, hiring salespeople is, is not easy. And quite frankly, hiring the right people for any part of your business is not easy. Right. It, one of the things that really should be at the forefront of any leader's mind in an organization is finding, hiring, and retaining the best talent and developing it. And, and that's, a, that's a heavy task. At JK, we focus on two things when we're looking to hire uh, and recruit people. Um, one is smarts. And I, and I, I don't mean book smarts. I just mean people who are bright, energetic, um, want to learn, um, and they want to be in an organization that will acknowledge your contributions and give them a place to grow and take an interest in them as a person. 
And the second thing we look for is cultural fit. Is this somebody that you want on the bus or the island or the spaceship, however you want to look at it? Yeah. Somebody who, who will fit in. And we often tell people, we, we tell people that when, when you come in for an interview, we expect you to interview us just as much as we're interviewing you. Because you end up spending more time with people you work with than your family and friends. So, so true. If you don't enjoy working with them, it, you're not going to perform your best work. So the joke that I tell people is I said, after you meet me and, you know, the one other person who might be interviewing with me, if you shake, if you're shaking your head on the way to the elevator, uh, run, don't walk because there's more of us like that. But if you felt comfortable, be reassured that there's more people like that here in the organization as well. I love that because you didn't mention a specific skill set in any of that. No, I think, I think, you know, the challenge is even in sales and I've hired people who had uh, a lot of sales experience and I've also hired some people who had very little sales experience. I generally like people to have some exposure to sales because mm -hmm. the thing to do is to hire somebody in sales because you've never experienced it and they, they, they have a perception of what it is and not a realistic view of what it is. But even someone who's only got a year or two of experience, those are those are rough diamonds. And I love working with those people because they know that what sales is all about. They're, they have an interest in it and they're willing to um, you know, go out on a limb and learn. Mm -hmm. and, and most of the time, especially recently interviewing some people, the comment that I heard from them was that they were leaving their current organization because they just didn't feel as if anybody was taking an interest in them personally. And I think that's one of the things that really resonates. Um, for your example with these owners, you know, they've got to get the culture right. And if they're going to continue to both run the business and be the chief revenue officers and probably be their top salespeople, um, they've got to find people that they would want to invest their time and energy in who would be willing to receive that knowledge to become a sales performer or a sales manager and start to carry some of the water for them. So it wasn't always on their shoulder so that they can go and grow their business as it needs to develop. I think that's an excellent point and it represents an important mindset shift that uh, obviously they have not arrived at yet. And that's part of the work that we're doing together is, is to shift that mindset. Vince, what other challenges do you see owners facing? Well, I, I think a lot of times it's trying to figure out when you need a dedicated sales leader, sales manager, um, versus somebody who is both selling and trying to manage. And we've um, had some experience with that. I've seen it in some other companies where you take somebody who's like your top sales producer, and you start to add responsibilities to that racehorse um, by mentoring other people and going on sales calls and you're trying to get this hybrid. You, you still want the results that person can bring, but at the same time, you want them to pass that knowledge to other people. You end up with these hybrid roles. And while that can be a stepping stone, being a salesperson and being great at that and being a sales leader and being great at that are two distinct skill sets. Mm. Not to say that you can't migrate from one to the other, but oftentimes your best salespeople are not going to be your best sales leaders. They're racehorses. Sometimes they don't have the energy or desire to slow down 
to let you know the other ponies catch up with them and show them what to do. It takes a much different mindset. So I see it where people say, well, geez, where's the return on investment? Well, if you've got even a small sales team and you have the right sales leader and you think about getting each person to improve 20 to 25 or 30%, that revenue increase will more than cover the cost of the sales manager. Having the sales manager be dedicated to that effort and not in competition with the salespeople will ensure that their only mission is the success of the four or five people they're managing and everybody will feel better about that relationship. Wow, those are some those are excellent points. I'm curious, how do you tell the difference between the racehorse and the person who should be the manager? That's a tough question. Yeah. Um, there's nothing there's nothing that says that your top producer um, who wants to go into management wouldn't be an excellent manager. Um, at the same time, I think that you don't have to be the top producer to also go into a role as a sales leader and do a very good job. Um, there, there, you do have to understand sales. I mean, let's be honest, because you're managing other salespeople, but the, the skill sets are much different. And it's funny because people talk about sales teams and, you know, it's not a team like a football team where there's everybody is, is on the field at the same time playing for the same, uh, goal, right? Mm-hmm. You really have more like a track team where you do the high jump and somebody else does a sprint somebody else might be in a relay. Uh, we call it a team, but there's all these people running their individual events. I, I think managing a sales team is more like that. Whereas the sales leader, you need the mindset to say, as you look at each person, how can I help them become a better version of themselves? But also how can I create an environment where they'll want to help each other become better versions of themselves collectively? That's one of the things that JK, we spend a lot of time on because a sales manager doesn't always have all the answers, but other people have a lot of knowledge and experience. And when you can create some synergies where people are sharing that information amongst themselves, even in a very informal way, you start to see how much better you are as a team working together than you are as an individual. Oh, such valid points. So Vince, how about, I know you mentioned you had a few other challenges that you've seen owners experience. What are your thoughts about um, some of those things, getting the culture right and driving profitable revenue growth, that kind of thing? Yeah, it's interesting. I think culture is everything. Um, You know, I think Peter Drucker was the one who said that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Mm -hmm. You can have a great plan, but if you don't have a, the right culture, you can't ever execute. And in the end, it's about execution. The other thing that comes to mind, I was doing some reading recently, and they were talking about um, reading rules and processes and organizations and how important they are. But today's world is so dynamic. If you have the right culture, you need fewer rules. That's so valuable. Wow. You need all these rules and processes to try to address every possible situation, which is impossible. So getting the right people on board who have that flexible thinking and understand that it's their job, which is one of our core values at JK, and being able to connect the dots, another one of our core values, are are important because then you get somebody, no matter what the situation is, as the 
cultural understanding and the smarts to adapt and handle that situation, whether it's internal or external or when dealing with a client. Well, it, that is so true. And I love that you brought up Peter Drucker's quote there because you're exactly right. And I have to say, I'm going to have to quote you on the, if you have the right culture, you need fewer rules. That's an awesome point of view. Believe it or not, it's time for us to take another break. So listeners, we'll be right back. But in the meantime, I want to encourage you to download the app. You can submit questions to experts in areas of sales, operations, um, finance, executive growth and development, HR issues. We have so many experts available to you and ready to answer your questions. You've been listening to IBGR Profit Radio, Wendy Dickinson, host of Catalytic Conversations. And when my guest, Vince Barano, and I return, we're going to talk about some of the things owners need to know. So we'll be right back. your CRM making your business grow? When surveyed, about 90% of business leaders admit that their CRM isn't. The most common cause for that? Salespeople don't use their CRM the way they should. Why not? Well, it takes them too much time and discipline to fill out their CRM completely. And if salespeople don't, the CRM system becomes useless. That's why when we started Salesware, we asked ourselves, what if we build a CRM system that fills out itself? What if we build a system that surfaces existing data so that you know and remember all about your customers and never forget and disappoint another lead? That's what Salesforce does today. It pulls in all the data buried in your emails, email signatures, calendar, phone, social data, company databases, email and web tracking, and offers it to you in an easy way so you and your CRM are always up to date. Want to see this for yourself? Head to salesforce.com and get your free trial. William Eastman, Managing Partner for GrowthWorks Media and Station Director at IBGR. If you listen to any of our broadcasts, you know we consider all entrepreneurs part of one family. People who are the heroes of our societies because they put their soul into the game and risk failure for everybody else. We want to meet and get to know everyone, like having a family reunion. Plus, to provide the highest quality of programming, we need to hear from you. The place to start is to become a subscriber. Every week we will send you our broadcasting schedule links to show notes, and occasionally a gift like something practical from our toolbox. It is simple to do. Go to our Join Us page, sign up, and become part of the most important global community, entrepreneurs. Never forget, we create over 50% of the jobs around the world. We look forward to meeting you.
You're listening to IBGR.network. IBGRs are call sign as a radio station, but we are more than a radio station. We are a network. I'm your Catalytic Conversations host, Wendy Dickinson, and this is episode five in season four. And today we have Vince Barano, Vice President of Sales for the Commercial Division of JK Moving. And, and Vince is ex, an expert at thinking outside of the box. So I want to encourage all of you to go to our website, ibgr.network, and download the show notes that Vince and I wrote for you. Vince, I want to say that I um, really appreciated the honor and respect that in, with which you just mentioned millennials and the younger generation. I mean, so often people in our age group and, and owners who are in the older generations speak of younger people with and is such disdain at times. And I have to say, I feel like that offers very little incentive to the younger generation to, to motivate them and inspire them. And I feel like it, it enhances that, that communication gap that can exist sometimes. I would agree with you. You know, I, and I think my thinking has matured over the last few years as well. Um, in the end, everybody's an individual person. What we're seeing with this group is that the why of your business and how they're involved is as important to them as, and in some cases, more important to them than the paycheck. Yeah. So if you're able to make a connection with these people on a personal level, and this idea that it's business and not personal is, I think, wrong. Yeah. Uh, I could be so bold. I think everything is working with people. It is personal. And, and, and what we have found is that when you take an interest in other people and they see that and they see themselves growing and you see them there to catch them so they don't fall too hard, but you give them some room to fail, but with a safety net, mm-hmm. learn and develop and grow. And their own sense of self and worth increases. And then the loyalty that they're going to give back to you by working harder to do better, not only for themselves, but for you and the business, it's tremendous. And it becomes that flywheel effect that spins faster and faster, generating more positive energy. So I, I am really a, a huge fan of looking at that and, and I'll tell you, you know, in the past, when I was coming up through the ranks, you know, you, you kept a fine line between the people that reported to you, right? Um, you, you didn't allow those connections to be too personal, mm. but people need that. They want that. And I had a situation with a young man who came to work for me, had very little background in sales, has now been here almost five years, is now one of my consistent performers, a very good performer. And, um, he was, he and his wife were, were hosting a uh, couple shower and, uh, you know, he sent us an invite and at, at first I wasn't quite sure, you know, yeah. that I want to attend that type of personal event. And then he asked me about it a couple of more times and, uh, I did go, I got to meet his mother and his brother and some other people. And, um, he took a lot of pleasure in introducing me and it really spoke to me that I must hold a pretty important place in in his life. And that is not something I should be ashamed of. I, it's something I should be proud of that we both have developed that type of relationship where we care about each other beyond the work, because in the end, you know, what are they going to put on your tombstone? He sold a lot of moving. Nobody's going to care about that. Right. 
Right. Well, you know, I, I see so often that I think we get stuck in our perspectives. You know, we get stuck in our own beliefs and, and it's that kind of um, siloed thinking. And, and I just wonder, I mean, how do you keep your energy and enthusiasm high and how do you inspire your team to, to keep that high? It's a great question. I think one of the things that we've done is we've adopted a culture of learning and leadership and we've in many ways formalized it. So it's not something that we just talked about, but it's something that we find to be very, very important. Mm. Part of that is everybody's called to lead themselves first. Even if you don't manage other people, everybody has to lead themselves. And then we find ways, if you're not going to manage other people, maybe you can take some responsibility for certain parts of the business. And I have a leadership team that owns different parts of selling JK commercial services and let them have ownership to develop that with the team. Let them be in the spotlight. And I can be more in a supporting role. And it gives me more time to do some other things like learn so that then I can be teaching them. Because I'll tell you, if you're not constantly or continuously learning, you're, you're going to fall backwards because what, you know, what made me or allowed many of us to be successful years ago um, isn't enough information to, to stay current, right? You always have to be learning. So is that one of the, the motivations that you have to empower and delegate responsibilities? Is that, that developing those leadership abilities within your team? Um, absolutely. I, again, it goes back to a different way of thinking. When you were, you and I were talking before about um, the difference between a, a racehorse salesperson and a sales manager, it's very much the difference between I thinking and we think. Mm. With individual contributor, there's a lot of I thinking. What am I going to do? What, 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 am, what am I going to earn? What am I going to sell? Which is fine. That's appropriate. But when you're in a leadership position, it's more about the we. You go uh, and you, you start to think about what are we going to do? How are we going to be successful? And um, I, I joke in many ways, you go from being this diehard entrepreneur as an individual contributor to a little bit more of a socialist as a, as a manager because you want everybody to do well. And you have to be concerned with everybody's performance and, and the contribution that everybody is. So your view needs to change and it needs to mature. And if it doesn't, you're going to get yourself into a bit of a dilemma in how you're going to be able to successfully lead really a, a very wide variety of people, you know, different thinking, different, very individuals. So I'm curious, you've said that your people are the key to your business growth and success. I mean, are you how do you determine what tools to give them to do their best work? How do you, how are you developing each one? I mean, that's yeah. hard. It's interesting. So there are learning activities that we do as a group across the whole um, sales organization, or maybe even the bigger division. But I think the most impactful is when you sit back and you take a little bit of time to look at each individual and figure out what their strengths are. Mm. Too often, sales managers, owners, HR professionals are trying to figure out what somebody's weakness is and then work on that. And I have found that 
you know, trying to track down people's weaknesses and get them motivated to turn that into a strength is not worth the time or energy. What you really want to do is you want to find out what are people good at? Everybody has a unique genius. Everybody is great at something. And the trick is to figure out how can they use their best skills every day to be successful? Because that's when they're going to be the happiest, where they're going to perform at the highest level and make the greatest contribution. Then when it comes to any weaknesses, you just want to set it up that they don't, they don't trip them up. You know, I joke and I always say that about a world-class sprinter. You had a world-class sprinter who couldn't tie his shoes. He'd figure out another way to make sure they didn't come untied and he'd trip and fall during the race. Um, and that's what you need to do with individuals. Let them go out and do what they do well and then be there to help mitigate anything that they don't do as well, that it doesn't detract from what they can contribute and be successful. I think that's such a great point. And, and one of the things that comes to mind in, in that and in considering that is looking at the impact of a team member whose manager or sales leader is really investing time in them and helping them to succeed and the impact that person has on the customer journey. Agreed. Um, I, there was a great quote by, by um, he was the uh, president of Virgin Airlines, you know, if you take care of your employees, they'll take care of your customers, right? And I think that you need to bring that type of thinking. If you give people the right um, training and encouragement and um, the, the resources they need to do good work, they will. People come to work wanting to do well. Even people who um, may be in a position where they're failing, they don't get up in the morning and go, here's another chance for me to be a failure. There's some other reasons and you have to dig and understand what that is. It's not that everybody's always a fit in the organization, but it's just my belief that people want to be successful. People want to do good work. Um, and you have to just make sure that you're setting them up by ensuring they have the right tools, uh, the right support and the right leadership to get that work done. It sounds like, and you've said you're a reader, right? You're a lifelong learner. Are you a Jim Collins fan? It sounds like you've quote you've referred to him a couple of times today. I have. I like uh, Jim Collins uh, among a number of other authors, including uh, John Maxwell, mm. the leadership, uh, Adam Grant, uh, Jeff Blunt, uh, Mike Weinberg. Uh, Alex Goldfin, uh, there's a long list of people that I've learned a lot from, both uh, reading their books and, and with, in some cases, having the opportunity to interface with them, you know, through video chat or to attend a webinar or something. I think there's always an opportunity to learn. Um, I think that's always the biggest challenge because uh, you know, to steal somebody else's thought process on this, a team will never go and be greater than the leader that leads them. So in the end, you are kind of the, the, the top point of where the team can go. You'll either help them go further or you'll at some point impede their progress. Wow, that's great. A great point. Great advice. Vince, it's time for us to take another break. Folks, stay tuned. When Vince and I come back here at Catalytic Conversations, we're going to talk about actionable steps for you to take. So this is Wendy Dickinson with Catalytic Conversations, and I want to invite you to visit the ibgr.network and ibgr.community websites so that you can download our app, get the show notes, and 
plan which programs you'll listen to next. to any of our broadcasts, you know we consider all entrepreneurs part of one family. People who are the heroes of our societies because they put their soul into the game and risk failure for everybody else. We want to meet and get to know everyone, like having a family reunion. Plus, to provide the highest quality of programming, we need to hear from you. The place to start is to become a subscriber. Every week we will send you our broadcasting schedule, links to show notes, and occasionally a gift like something practical from our toolbox. It is simple to do. Go to our Join Us page, sign up, and become part of the most important global community, entrepreneurs. Never forget, we create over 50% of the jobs around the world. We look forward to meeting you. Nothing's good that yours is bad. This is William Eastman, Managing Partner for GrowthWorks Media and Station Director for IBGR. One of my jobs is finding great on-air talent, consultants and business owners with presence and a story to tell. We're expanding our broadcast team to represent our four core time zones, North America, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and the Philippines, the India subcontinent, and the last of four, the United Kingdom, Ireland, Europe, and Africa. If you are a small business consultant or business owner and would like to audition for an on-air slot in our six-hour show cycle, contact the station director and that is at programming at btr.network we will respond to your email within one business day thanks for listening and don't miss this great opportunity to put the world back to work and grow with us thanks Conversations with actionable steps in our interview with Vince Barano, the Vice President of Sales for the Commercial Division of JK Moving. Vince, I can't believe how quickly our conversation has just flown by. And, and so I want to take this opportunity to introduce a client that I'm working with now, fourth generation business. And the company has had the same sales manager for a very long time. As a matter of fact, I believe one of the owner's fathers hired this person. And so the company has lost a great deal of revenue during COVID. The bank is now pressuring the company to hit certain revenue goals. And basically the sales manager has refused to consider new revenue streams 
and he really believes that those goals aren't viable or they're not possible. And unfortunately, um, they're at a place right now where the livelihood of, of everybody in that company is dependent on meeting those goals. And it's, it's really a hard situation for the owners because they have a longstanding personal and professional relationship with this person. And as you're talking about culture and about different things people should know and how to develop and nurture their talent, I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on the case that I just shared with you? I think it's a situation that a lot of businesses run into at some point or another. You have an employee for all intents and purposes, been very loyal, been with the organization a long time. Um, and for whatever reason, given circumstance, they're not in a position to perform. They're just not in a situation. And, you know, to borrow yet another quote from somebody else, talent decisions are not ones that you can easily hide. So whether it's hiring the wrong person or allowing the wrong person is currently being a role, you can't hide that. And as an owner or a leader, it says a lot about you when you've got somebody in a role, because it's not what you say, it's what you tolerate. If you tolerate that type of thinking, one that really could um, you know, cause damage to this organization and to all the families dependent, um, that's inexcusable. One of the most important things we have to do as leaders are, are make talent decisions. And um, we never want to have to, um, you know, maybe replace somebody or displace somebody from the organization. But there's times where that is necessary. And it sounds to me with the information you've provided that this individual um, was probably the person who was selling the ship during good times and did an excellent job. But now the waters have turned stormy and that's not the person you want with their hands on the, the wheel, that they're just not able to uh, adapt, change and overcome to the circumstances. And if you don't make a change there, that person's unwilling to do it on their own, um, you're going to put the whole ship and all the passengers in danger unnecessarily. And I also feel as though there are times, and I'm not saying that in this situation, but if somebody truly isn't capable of performing in the particular role or the situation they find themselves in, it, it's there's some responsibility there for setting the person up to fail versus to succeed. And if this person truly isn't capable or doesn't have the capacity for whatever reason to, to show up in that crisis situation in the way the company needs, then I personally don't think it's it's a failure to have to move that person out of that position for for either the individual or for the company as a whole. And I think it's hard sometimes for people to to be in that place. I think you're right, especially again going back to it's all personal. Mm -hmm. You know, you do have that. Um, logic from the Peter principle that everybody's promoted to their level of incompetence, right? And just because you were good at doing something before doesn't necessarily mean that you can excel in the next rung up the ladder or in a, in a more senior position. And again, as an owner, as a leader, you have to be evaluating your talent 
maybe that person would do uh, would be a better fit in another part of the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, they're not the person that you want leading your sales organization. Because unfortunately, when you have somebody who isn't in a position to pivot and find new revenue direction, what they're doing is sending a message to the rest of the sales organization and the rest of your company that no, none of this will work. So nobody will try. And and that that's a, a type of poison that has to be addressed or it will spread and seep throughout. And you'll have everybody shaking their head saying it's not possible. We had a similar situation at JK back, you know, when COVID hit, um, looking at commercial moving. And, um, you know, a lot of people were not moving. We ended up um, trying to figure out how are we going to keep the 150 people and all those families that depend on us in the commercial group um, working. And so we started to do some things that we had not done before, uh, generating revenue that offset any potential loss from our traditional business. And then until our traditional business caught back up. But for a few months there, we were doing some things we'd never thought about doing, but were called to do because um, of the challenge. And what was great about the culture is that everybody came together to help promote those ideas. We all figured it out at many, many different levels inside the organization of what it would take to do what we were not accustomed to doing still do it well um, and um, promote the success of the group. And I think as a leader, you've always got to be prepared for that. And in many ways, uh, I don't want to wish for any more of a pandemic. I want to get out like everybody else does. But unfortunately, crisis reveals character. And you learn a lot about people when things aren't going well. It's also when you start to know who your friends are, right? Your friends are the ones that are there during the hard times. Everybody wants to be there for the fun time. And I think it's the same way with organizations. You have a challenge and you really start to see who are the people in your organization you can change, adapt, and overcome. Those are the keepers. And and so that leads me to ask then and it, it, about suggestions that I make is that you start with an assessment of the business, right? Absolutely. We have a great um, phrase where we say, you know, perception is reality. Mm-hmm is is that oftentimes you're looking at the business from your perspective what you see every day and you need something to disrupt that to see what it really is and not what you perceive it to be and so that might even involve bringing in a trusted advisor or somebody else who can help you take an honest look at your organization and ask the tough questions they're not sometimes they're they're obvious but have you really answered them honestly because as a leader, you need to be honest with those around you, but also with yourself. Otherwise, you're just going to lull yourself to a place of comfort. And comfort is not growth. Growth always comes from being a little bit uncomfortable. And I think that's where innovative thinking comes in. Because if you can really take a look at it and assess your business culture, and then as you mentioned, the performance overall, then you get a sense of what the customer experience is and are you able to differentiate your offering from other competitors? You have a chance to really look at each of those questions and and we're gonna put each of these questions in the show notes, but you have a chance to look at those questions and really think differently, to come up and brainstorm about different ideas and different approaches. 
Whereas otherwise, as you said, it, you just stay comfortable in doing what you've always done. Absolutely. I think one of the challenges, and, and again, I, I'm not a business owner, right? I, I work at a company, but one of the things that I think is a challenge for anybody in a leadership position is getting so caught up in what you do that everything is less obvious. Um, one of the neat things that we have done, um, and unfortunately COVID, we had to stop, but what we were doing is we used to have a roundtable breakfast with new employees who were on our move cruise after they were here about a month. The general manager and I would meet with them very early. We brought in breakfast. We would ask those eight or 10 people, what do you notice about the organization that maybe we don't see because we walk by it every day? And it was really interesting to get feedback from people who are part of our crew base. We're out there in front of our clients, right? We're going to be representing the brand of JK. And to hear some of the small observations they had, like, why do you do this? Or why is that done a certain way? And then sit there and go, be honest with you, I don't know. It's probably the wrong answer, which is we've always done it that way. But now that you pointed out and you've made it noticeable, let's look into it. And there were a lot of things that we changed, small things. Sure. But there were big things in most businesses. It's a culmination of a lot of small things. So anything that you can do to kind of disrupt what your perception is and get a different a view of your business and uh, the market would probably add a tremendous amount of value. Mm. It is hard to believe that we are almost at the end of our time together today, Vince. I know that um, one of the things that's near and dear to your heart is really taking a look at that mindset of manager versus leader. Have any closing thoughts about that? I do. I think that, um, Going back to, to our friend, Peter Drucker, right? Management is doing things well. Leadership is about doing the right things well. Mm-hmm. Too often we get caught up and not focused on why are we doing what we're doing? Should we even be doing it? Um, what should we stop doing? Not only adding new things, but sometimes stopping. And I think there is a, a, a difference in mindset. I think it's very, possible in your organization to have people who are very good managers of a process or a thing who would not necessarily be your best leaders. While everybody can learn leadership because it's a skill that can be taught and learned, um, you should make sure that as a leader, your primary objective is in creating more leadership in your organization. It's in short supply and it's the thing that is required to have real growth. If you think about it, how can you grow your business just on your own. Yeah. You need other people and it's going to require other leaders so you can enter new markets or, or sell new product lines. Thank you so much, Vince, for being with us today. I'm Wendy Dickinson with Catalytic Conversations and we'll see you next time.